0: now our second episode with Alina Graham where we are talking about programming so I'm still trying to get to the bottom of what teachers need to know about the programs that they are teaching so how does a program go together what goes into a program now you'll remember um, if you've already heard them or if you haven't if you're just joining for this um, this episode I urge you to go back and have a listen to some of the other episodes that we've had in regards to programming We started with Sarah Morris. We've then spoken to Chris Dellett, and we've had a number of sessions with Chris, where we also spoke to her sons, who have swim schools. Between the three of them, they've got swim schools um, right throughout Queensland. Now, one of the big focuses is—is that focuses? That's a good word. (laughs) One of the big focuses that came out of those conversations with Sarah and Chris and Mark and Peter was that. Um, values were a really big part of their programming and yeah they are important I know um, they spoke about how they've sort of developed their program over time um, and knowing more about the end product and really refining some skills but I wanted to speak to Alina now last episode Alina spoke to us about her um, what goes into her program so She's spoken about drowning stats, making sure she knows those drowning statistics and being able to pull out the information that she really needs to help develop her program even further. She spoke about principles of movement in water. Now this is something that's very dear to me as well. I love this topic because I'm a big believer of without this, without the foundations of knowing how your body moves in water and how the water affects your body, it's really hard to draw connections into how to how to develop those those higher-end skills so we also spoke about or Alina spoke about um, developmental milestones she spoke about cognitive social emotional we did spend a good time talking about reflexes and also visual development which was really interesting she spoke about the sequencing of skills that we put together and for most teachers and most people that write the programs that's all they're thinking about what sequence do I do this in and I've certainly done that when I first sat down to write a program and as I've grown and developed as a teacher and I started pulling in all of my skills I've then realized that there's a lot more to programming than I, than I initially thought. Um, Alina has also spoken about her teaching methods so how you actually teach this is pedagogy how do we how do we teach Um, and then just at the very end of the episode we started talking about pool design as well so Alina welcome back thank you for being here pleasure
1: as always
0: (laughs) (laughs) no all right so now I know we were just starting to delve into pool design but can you please explain to everyone yes you were in the city where are you now
1: Okay, so I live in an outback town in Queensland called Quilpy. So that's 960 kilometres west of Brisbane. So I'm in a very remote town. I have 600 people in the town. I'm very fortunate that I have an amazing pool facility where I have a uh, six-lane, 25-metre pool. I have a uh, 12-heated pool and I have a little mushroom leisure pool.
0: Nice. Go those mushroom leisure pools, hey? (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, especially when it's 45 degrees
0: <laughs> <laughs> Now there's lots of emus out there, isn't there?
1: Oh, emus, kangaroos, wild pigs, goats, yep
0: yeah. Wow, so you've you've gone, did you say 960 kilometres west of Brisbane? Yes Yeah. okay, so um, is it kind of flat? Yes, yeah, very flat Very flat, very dry
1: And the storms are different here too so i've had to relearn how to um read the storms out here
0: ah that's interesting very interesting so different environment in totally so okay yep. let's get back on track in terms of pool design so that impacts your program development is that right yes okay yes, how it's... so explain that for us please
1: um but basically because of the temperature, um, it it's really changed by 26 degrees. Like the big pool, 25-meter um, pool sits at 22 degrees most of the year. Wow. Which sounds, or, for the season, which sounds really strange because it, it can get so hot out here. It's not until um, end of November, uh, if we're lucky, till about January that we can heat up to 20, 28 degrees. So 28 to 30 degrees of water will hit up to. Um, what happens then is tw- when it hits 26 degrees, like you can swim in 26 degrees in Brisbane but not here, it's freezing here. So the, the programming of, of where I can actually put my kids at what stage of the season is, is really important too. So I'm having to design my program where uh, my bigger kids, I may actually have to shorten the season because the pool's so cold and get them to come twice a week over a shorter period of time rather than once a week over a 10-week period because of that. So the programming changes then on how I need to actually structure my life and what I can focus on because changing on how many times I can get them shorter.
0: water. Wow. That's really interesting. And that's something probably a lot of people don't think about, especially if you're from a big city, from a heated indoor pool. That's something that probably doesn't even come into into your mindset at all. Well, yeah. it's different when I
1: turn there. <laughs> <laughs> just First season was like, this is not working. So, you know, I've come in and gone, oh, yeah, but I've been doing this for a long, long time. I'll just bring that program into here and after the first season it was it was a tough season from a perspective of oh my god that that wasn't working as smoothly as it normally does and that's where I had to sit back and go you know what I need to to reassess what's changed and it's it's the environment um as well as the the kids they're a lot more independent out here um so and we, I had to change my programming based on their personalities as well compared to City Kids. of was a difference between them too. Wow.
0: Wow. That's that's huge. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's like, oh, I've got to think again. I've got to reprogram.
0: <laughs> so how often do you revisit your program?
1: Um, oh, I'm always revisiting my program, if you can understand what I'm saying now. I'm always yep. like thinking about it, going, what do I need to fix up? But generally um, generally every season I sit down and have a look at it and go, what do I need to tweak? What do I need to fix up?" But moving out here was probably one of the biggest changes I've had to do in a long time,
0: yeah. because
1: it, the program I had written just it, 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 not that it wasn't working. Um, it just wasn't as smooth as I liked it to be. Um, where I could get the kids into a flow and a routine. It just felt very, very disjointed. Yeah. So that's what i changed. Um, and also, actually I should throw in the other, the big difference here is um, because it's so hot out here, most of the, and it's a free pool, so it's great for the community, is that particularly the, the Learn to Swim program, they're forever at the pool. Yeah. So my level of teaching actually changed because the kids were progressing so quickly because they were in the pool five times a week. Wow. Outside swimming lessons. So, um, and these kids, I've got, you know, two, three-year-olds where I'm, a lot of them, like a large percentage of them, at a point that uh, I'm looking forward to this season because they're, they're growing. <laughs> so, yes. I mean, they, yeah, so what we talked about, you know, the last episode, was that you know you have to wait till they grow I have a large percentage of my younger kids at that point now because the parents are bringing them down to the the pool almost every day
0: yeah
1: um so again I've had to reprogram and change the way I I do the programming because the kids are progressing so quickly
0: that's really really interesting yeah the
1: my teaching away, which is great, <laughs> it made my job a hell of a lot easier. And I, they said, said to "Well, oh, you've done a great job with the kids." And I said, "It's not not just me." I said, "What you guys are doing by bringing them down every day, I said, you are doing the bulk of their their water familiarisation and making them comfortable in the water for me. I'm now seriously just teaching them the skills. Yeah, that's, that's what my program has changed to is I don't have to teach them." To be comfortable in the water anymore, it's literally about just the skills and where I can take them with their skills.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Wow. wow. Dream. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. All right, so does anything else go into your program? What have you given me? We've had um, drowning statistics, principles of movement in water, that's two developmental stages, that's three, the sequencing of the skills, there's four, your actual teaching methods, five, is behaviour management one that's standalone from your teaching methods or are they put in together? Put in together because if you do your teaching methods
1: right, you decrease your behaviour management issues.
0: Yes, yep, I agree. So that's five, your pool design is six. Um, is your environment, are we claiming that as, as seven? Yep. Alright. So? yeah. What else? Or is that the lot?
1: The last one i normally put in there is, is you, you as the instructor. Yeah. Because oh. what you come with in attitude, particularly, not necessarily skills, will we'll determine the program and, and its success.
0: Yeah. But that so, can be really hard to plan if you've got a big swim school. Absolutely, and I guess yeah. this is I guess this is where values sort of come in. And you want to be hiring people that can buy into your values. Hiring, employing. That was really bad. Sorry. I'm for hire. No, I'm not. I'm employable. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that and that's it, it's like, you know, I've over the years and, and those of us that us have run the swim schools for a long time with the whole staffing side of things, um, you learn to hire on attitude, not on skill, because we can teach skill. Um, so it's really important that people are as you say buying into what you value and what you do and and ironically that actually comes through your, your programming. So, you know, i found over the years that the more I've put into my programming and thinking about why I'm putting that in that level and doing it that way is that I've attracted better stuff. Yep. Because the project, programming comes from a deep uh, love and passion and awareness of why I'm doing this and I'm doing it because of, you know, the drowning stats. I'm doing it because of, you know, every child uh, deserves to be safer and have fun in the water. So, uh, or every not just child, but everyone. Yeah. And, and because programs come from that deeper level of, I guess, thought process and emotion and that sort of stuff, it comes through in the program.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then,
1: there, therefore, you attract the staff that believe in that.
0: That believe in your values, yeah, and that and that's, I guess, similar to what, um, Sarah and Chris and Mark and Peter are talking about when when they say their values are just so important.
1: Yeah, to their absolutely. Programming. Yeah. yeah. So what what I do is is, is some, often what we do is we start off with what are my values, and as a business, and that's the stuff, and that's what we try and. Obviously, uh, emanate through everything we do in our business, but we actually have to stop and go, okay, do my programs actually reflect those values?
0: Yes. Do,
1: you know, does my communication reflect those values? Um, does my own work ethic as a, a boss reflect those values? So, uh, does the environment reflect those values? Like, if my value of the environment is, is a happy, fun place. And that is reflected. My numbers show that, uh, that it's three times, you know, the amount. Uh, this is a free pool. So my number in terms of use pools is three times the amount uh, of, you know, previous years. So it's it's what is everything you're doing and what you have as your business? How is it all reflecting your values?
0: Mm. It's, it's so important, so important to be able to buy into the values of, of of your of your job I guess this is why so many people or this is why I tell people they need to find a swim school that fits them and not just teachers but um, parents as well you know yep. you need to find a swim school whose policies you're okay with you feel comfortable with um, the teaching styles and basically the values of the facility Because if you're not comfortable there, you're not, like, you're never going to fit that right culture. So find something that works for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like, you know, if um, inclusivity is a big part of your value, then you need to find a swim school that allows that to happen, which means they allow adaptability in their lesson planning. Yep. Yeah. So... You know, and each and, and swim school is different, mate. We all have our, you know, strengths and all those sorts of things. Um, but some ways, you know, people don't... Not everyone likes my style because I'm actually making you think as a swim instructor because you've got to know your stuff. Yeah. And for people, that is, is not comfortable for them. And that's completely okay. Yeah. So, like, Exactly what you're saying is is fine. You know, someone might like the fact that they've been giving a lesson plan. They've got to follow it like that because that's more comfortable for them. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it just doesn't suit everybody.
0: Yeah. Yes. Mm. All right. Well, do parents come into your considerations when you're programming? Are parents a part of, of what goes into your program?
1: A question I'm pausing because I'm thinking about that <laughs> no one I mean, there, there's something I haven't consciously thought about yeah um yes actually out here yes I yeah um yeah they do I just haven't consciously thought about it they do because particularly out here um because we have a lot of in bracket single parents because hubbies are truck drivers and all that sort of stuff yeah is um my programming it does uh, have to work around them because they've got property stuff like that so for me yeah it does um i have to cater for their needs like a lot of come in particularly the younger ones we've got a very big baby boom out here Mm -hmm. is that what are we doing with one uh child while the parents in the water with the other one so and we don't have the resources um I have myself and my other staff member on. So from a business perspective, that's not ideal because I could make more money by actually doing all the classes myself. But from a program perspective, it's not good for the parents. And uh, we actually have more fun. <laughs> anyway, so um, with the more kids. So, and also my, my numbers might only be two kids per class. Like with myself, I have two kids and my other superstructure has two kids. So... From a a business financial perspective, it's not ideal, but um, we have to do a bit to to accommodate because otherwise their kids aren't to me at all. Yeah. Um, And then I've also got my property people that can only come in certain times. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, parents is something that I've heard some people go, no, don't take parents into consideration because you know what they want their kids to learn to swim i'm going to teach them that so i don't i don't care about them i haven't met too many of them um but i guess parents is something that is a part of um, how do i want to phrase this um i guess if we can't take our parents into consideration we're not going to have clients well yeah so, you have
1: to, to Yes. Yeah. uh. Um, but, again, I think it really depends, again, on your location and, and the type of swim school. Are you a big swim school? Are you a boutique? Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so, you know, are you wanting just to focus on the kids? Then you might focus on the parents much, whereas if you're running more of a boat, boutique swim school, you might have a bit more time to focus on the parents and their needs. Um, yeah. And also, too, you know, if you've got parents with kids with disabilities, can your swim school cater for them in your structure? Yes. So, um, so yes, all these things. I think you you do do need to to cater for the parents uh, because essentially they're the ones that bring the kids anyway.
0: So, That's right. well, yeah, it's, it's funny that you say that because we've had a conversation uh, with Julia Wood on the, on the show before. Um, Julia Wood from Park, which is the Peninsula Aquatic Recreation Centre down in Victoria. And she's she's found that as soon as she put a, I guess, deck supervisor or someone on deck specifically there to meet the parents' needs, um, that parent satisfaction within the swim school was, was, I guess, elevated. So, yeah. Yeah,
1: and we often forget
0: that parents have emotions too, <laughs> feelings too. So
1: we need to we need to look after them
0: yes yeah we do so alina what is it that makes your program unique
1: probably everything that i just explained um <laughs> with that, the fact that I, I go into such a detail and why i'm doing things so every thing i put into my program is very deliberate yeah um it has a very deliberate uh learning sequence because yeah everything builds upon each other so if i'm doing one thing it becomes a stepping stone for the next thing so everything is very very deliberate in the way that i deliver it and um when you when you're watching the lesson obviously it doesn't seem that way but if you start working with me like even my staff just go my god we now understand why you do the things the way you do it and they've noticed the speed at which kids Develop and learn. Yes. Um, because of the, the deliberateness in everything that I do.
0: Yeah. Your intention. Yeah. Yeah. Very specific intention. All right. That's great. That's that's a good answer in in regards to why is your program unique? It's specific intention or deliberate. Yeah. Awesome. And, and
1: every every child is catered for individually yes excellent yeah even though they're all in one class and they might be doing the same thing um every everyone is actually looked after individually so they might all be kicking along doing the same thing but the instruction that goes to each child is going to be specific to them on what they need to do what they need to focus on Um, So one might be a behavior management thing or one might be, go, I want to see how faith goes without stopping or another one might be, see how uh, fast you can kick the leg. So everything is done from that deliberate intention as well as it's individualized.
0: Yes, excellent, excellent. All right, let's move on to the teachers. We touched briefly on the teachers in the last episode when we spoke. Now, what is the best thing that teachers can do if they disagree with the program?
1: Talk to their management or whoever wrote the program first. Um, The reason why I say that and it's probably, you know, one of the most common responses you get is because um, they may need to understand why that's put in there. So, they may have learnt somewhere else, they may have come from a different program um, they may have learnt something from the course that they did. So for them, there's a gap. They're asking a question. There's a gap in their knowledge of why they're asking that question. So um, I love questions because it means we can get, get on the same page. Now, the same page could be, okay, I need to teach you more as the swim school owner and uh, uh, so you can understand why I've got that. Or they may be coming in with a completely new perception. You might go, oh, that's actually interesting, and it might actually help your program. Yes. So what I say with with Swift teachers, if you're not understanding something in the program, ask.
0: Yeah. Start ask. there. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the yeah. reason why I've really wanted to delve into this topic is because over the last four five years I've found there's an increase of teachers coming to me saying look I just I hate this program that I work in I hate it and I as a teacher went rogue when I was younger Um, and as a swim school owner I've always had teachers um, come away from the programming as well and yeah it, it can be hard from both sides of the fence so that's that's the real reason that I wanted to to sort of delve into this but um, I'm a big believer that teachers need to find a program that has values that they believe in and that if you know if they're not the values that they normally live their life by you can at least buy into them and understand them.
1: Yeah and if you if, and yet if you have been given a program that you're not that you, you have to follow, you can still work within your boundaries and you can still get creative within your boundaries as well. Um, but you need to be clear whether you're allowed to do that or not. So, because as I said, you know, we know there's, there's so many different ways that some schools deliver their programs to uh, some that say, well, ha- you have to say it this way. So there is no working around in any other way everything is written down how you have to do it so your boundary of being able to work within that is exceptionally small Um, so teachers then need to make a decision on whether that is the type of program and uh, they want to follow or they may have to make a move to a different swim center
0: yeah
1: Um, there's a little bit more flexibility it's about having that discussion say look happy to run this skill am i allowed to do this, or I'm allowed to do that because I'm having kids that are having trouble. So it's about finding out what, how, what the size of your boundary actually is.
0: Yes, and that's you're not gonna you're not gonna reach that without communication.
1: Absolutely. So
0: Absolutely. it all comes down to talking, 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 having that open communication. Do you think that it's it's a good idea for swim school owners? Um, or the people in the that maybe maybe they haven't written the program, but are the head of the swim school. So the swim school managers allow space and time um, across a term where teachers can bring up issues. Do you think it's oh, their responsibility, yeah. or do you think the responsibility lies directly with teachers? Oh,
1: uh, two way. Yeah. It's too. It's you know. I look at it from a perspective of like your yeah, workplace health and safety. It's everybody's responsibility, um, because ultimately, when you think about it, that's what we're looking at. Looking at the safety of the children. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and it comes from a programming perspective. So it's everybody's responsibility to go. Okay. Well, if this is not working, then we need to stop and talk about it because if I'm not teaching a skill properly to a kid, have I just increased their risk? of drowning, well the answer could be yes. So yeah, to me it's a safety thing so we're always
0: Yeah. It's not it's not just programming now. This is maybe life changing safety issue. Well yeah, if you
1: really if you want to drill down again into what we're doing as a swimming school where it, are we water safety first or swimming first? Mm. And guarantee head on heart, everyone will say well water safety first. So if we're water safety first, then um, we all need to be talking about the program that's running to say that whether it's working or not and is it allowing our kids to achieve the skills they need to achieve to ultimately be safer in the water.
0: Mm. So lots to think about in terms of programming and teachers out there, if you're uncomfortable with the programming, don't go and bitch about it to everyone else. Go and speak to your manager. Go and speak to the person that wrote the program.
1: Yeah. And, and like, first, I would say the first step would be is a little bit of self-reflection. So if you're getting something that you don't agree with or you're having trouble with or whatever it is, it's, it's actually being very clear of what is it I don't understand. What what don't I understand about it? What am I having trouble with? It isn't actually my skill set and my knowledge do I need to learn more yeah. or am I struggling because I'm not getting the outcome I want? So there's got to be a lot of self-reflection that happens first so then you can actually have a good discussion with your management so it's actually not seen as you're complaining about the program. You go, oh, I'm having trouble and this is what I've looked at. I've looked at this, 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 this and this. Help me out.
0: Yeah so go go to the managers and go to the people that wrote the program with that self-reflection already done i've had to think about what i'm doing and i've changed a few little things here and here but i'm still not getting the results that i need or that i want my children learn by this 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 and this and the lesson plan that i'm being given isn't catering to those particular things How much space can we have? Can we work something out together so that I can help these children achieve the desired outcomes?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because on the flip side is that if, you know, my outcome of my program is words written on a piece of paper. Yeah. So you guys have just heard how much goes into that programming so if someone comes to me and goes, wind, 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 you know, I may, which I don't, I may take offence because I've put all that thought process into that programming yeah. and you're not asking the right questions. Yeah. So think teachers have got to understand is that, uh, uh, you know, I would say majority of the swim schools don't just throw programs together. There's a lot of thought processes that go behind the development of that program. So step one is do the self reflection. But step two, be open to hearing why it was designed that way.
0: Yes. And I guess be open to accepting it as well. Absolutely. Yep. So and if and if you can't accept it, then it's time to find a new place. And I like I'm feeling yes. right now that this is probably a little bit negative towards swimming teachers, you know suck it up princess you know if you don't like it go elsewhere um that was never my intention for this for these for this series I guess um I guess I want people to understand that there is a lot that goes into programming but unless there's good open communication um things can go wrong really quickly and sometimes like Alina has said yes okay a lot of people put in A good lot of background work before they put a program together, but sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes that's really not the case. And if the person that has written the program is not open to listening to you, you've got to do what's right for you and your own mental health as well. Because do you want to be in a place where your ideas are not supported? Absolutely, it works both. Yeah.
1: Works
0: both. Yeah. And that's, you know, I'm only
1: as good as the swim instructors I hire. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I've got to work with them. So if they're coming to me saying, look, this is not working, I go, sweet, why not? What, give, me, give me the information. How come it's not working? What are your suggestions? And, you know, my, my girls, like, half the time I have to come in now and go, how do I do this? Because the girls have set things up because this wasn't working. Yeah. My job, My job as a boss, is to provide the tools and resources to my staff so they can do a really good job. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and that's hard for a, a, a you know, even someone who's uh, a learner swim coordinator or whatever. Sometimes we need to let go of controlling certain things and allow um, our staff to take ownership because guess what? That's their skill set. Yes. If it's not right for them, we need to allow them to be in control of that and, and have a discussion about it. Go, well, it's not working. and Yep, that person says it's not working, well, let's change it, but have a good discussion around it because ultimately they're the ones that are doing the job. They haven't got the right tools, so therefore I need to be open to giving them the right tools.
0: Mm, yes. Interesting. Alina, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, before we close out, is there anything else you'd like to add?
1: Just that uh, when it comes to lesson programming, um, from everyone's perspective, is just understand there's a lot that goes in it, um, and that it is a two way street between swim instructors and whoever's writing it. But you got to yeah. You got to take it from all angles and just understand it's not just throw a few words down on a piece of paper. There's a lot more to it.
0: Yeah yes there certainly is there certainly is interesting well Alina you have certainly opened my mind to a lot of things um a lot of this stuff that you're talking about I automatically put into our program but it's probably not something that I had consciously uh I guess specifically done the same way you were when you spoke about the parents um so thank you for taking us on, on a journey of, of what has gone into your program and how you put it together and, and helping teachers realise that if they're not comfortable um, to ask for help, it's okay. Yeah.
1: Yep, absolutely. And, and, you know, it's good to just share our knowledge um, across and how we all do it differently to get the same outcome because there is no... Like, like teaching, there is no one way to do it.
0: Yes, that's correct. Yeah. All right. Well, Alina, thank you so much for being here. I truly appreciate your time. My
1: absolute pleasure.
0: All right, guys. So just a quick recap. We have spoken to Alina Graham about how she has developed her program and what she's put into it. Now, she's told us that she puts in when she thinks about the drowning statistics she thinks about the principles of movement in water the developmental milestones of children and then she thinks about the sequencing of skills. She also takes into consideration her teaching methods and what kind of methods she's going to use her pool design, the environment, the instructor which really comes down to attitudes and and core values that they believe in and also parental considerations. Next episode we are speaking with Cassie Evans so stay tuned for that one when we start talking about teacher support and how teachers can get support even when they are regional and remote. So happy swimming and if you're not back swimming yet happy creating.